Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So, let's get started. All right, and we are live. Now, it's a little bit different because I'm actually recording the podcast live. So we're streaming out across the world at the same time, and you'll you'll see it later as a podcast too. But um, welcome, welcome to Jamming with Jason. I'm here with Sam Osborne today, and Sam is a good friend. He lives here in the L.A. area as well. And uh, so welcome, Sam. Why don't you just, just take a moment, introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll get in and talk about why why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jason. Um, so firstly, I'll just name the elephant in the, in the room, and that's my accent. <laughs> and um, usually when I'm speaking in front of people, I say, right, in order to understand me for the next 30 minutes, we can all, we all have to practice our Australian accents. So uh, if you are listening, I want everybody to repeat this one phrase and you're going to be able to get by an Australian, no problems, and that is g'day, mate. And that just means how you going. How you going. G'day, mate. And that will help you to get into any drinking hole or pub in Australia. You'll have no problems at customs either. <laughs> well, good day. And, and the other one that I really love, because my wife's Australian, is no worries. I just no love, I yeah. love no worries. I mean, I, I say that all the time because that's just a just a great thing to remember in life in general, right? You, you have to put on a little, like it's a, ask it, say it like it's a question, like no worries. No worries. And so there's a little question tone at the end. Oh, no worries. And then, then you then you fit right in. <laughs> 
Beautiful. But, but um, thanks again for letting me be on your podcast. I appreciate it. And um, a little bit about my background. Um, I'm a school teacher. I teach uh, actually at the moment down in Hollywood to some high school students. We're on break at the moment. And I also teach at the Burbank Adult School, and I help adults to finish their, well, get their high school diploma, like the GED or the HiSET. So that's very rewarding, and I've been doing teaching for many years. But in the last year or two, I've really um, focused on the topic of self-worth and imposter syndrome and started, I guess, educating people about it because I find it's a really... Uh, needed topic in today's world and I've always wanted to create my own school and I'm just appreciative that we can do that with the technology we have so I just went ahead and created my own the school of self-worth and started I guess documenting my own learning about the topic and, and sharing what I learn as I go so it um, it really fulfills me to do that well, and it is, it's such an important topic. I mean, I've, I've struggled with it myself. I mean, we always still struggle with it a little bit and, and we're going to get in and talk a little bit more about what it actually is, but it's like you said, I think most of the research I've seen says 70 to 80% of people struggle with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can actually be quite debilitating. Um, and the reason I wanted to make sure and have you on, cause I know this is what you do is, you know, on one of my coaching group coaching calls, um, last week or the week before I mentioned imposter syndrome. And there were several people on the call that are like, what is that? You know, and it's like, well, I've known about this forever, but I, and I thought people knew about it, but okay. So, you know, nobody better than Sam to come on here and help kind of explain and teach, you know, what this actually is, what it means, how, how we can kind of overcome it. Cause like you said, you've started a whole school on this yeah, um, just to help people with this particular, particular area. So what, what is it exactly? Okay. So it's, it's a fear that your inadequacies will be exposed. It's the belief that there is some part of you um, that you're faking some accomplishment, your intellectual ability, maybe some skill. It can also be related to your identity. You can feel like you're you're faking it, even yeah. though uh, even though you've got the street cred and and despite having, you know, accolades on the wall and people telling you you're doing a great job and you're really you've got great value and you give it all the time lots of people can still feel like they were lucky um that they um that anyone can do it so they downplay a lot of their own worth and you know they they feel like they have to hide who they really are so imposter syndrome can actually uh lead into talking about what is the authentic self or how to be genuine. Mm -hmm. And I guess my backstory was I went through it uh, when I wanted to become an entertainer and a speaker and start my own business, going from being a, a school teacher and venturing out into the world of being a business owner. I went through it a hell of a lot. And even though people said, no, you're great, you can do it. And part of me was thinking, yeah, I think I can. But there was this voice in here or this belief of, you know, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm that good. What will other people say? What if I make a mistake? What if I screw this up? I'm going to be embarrassed. You know, my reputation 
all of these things. And so there's a lot of negative self-talk associated with feeling um, the effects of the imposter phenomenon. Well, and it is, it's, it's that phenomenon. Like you said, it's, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can, and, and I found this coaching people and, and, you know, having people in programs and stuff is you, is you look at somebody and it's like, man, you know, you look at their job title, you look at the, the university degrees, the track certifications, record. the track record, what they've done. And you're thinking, wow, this is an amazing person. Right. And then, you know, you get to know them and you, understand all of this fear and everything that's there. And, 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 and I think one of the problems is everybody thinks they're the only one that has this. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the other podcasts that I listened to, it's, it's, it's a, from a musician. He's usually interviewing other musicians, right? And it's like almost every person who's on there. I mean, and these are big name people, like world famous people. You think they would have figured that out? You think they would have figured it out? And they're like, no, you know, I still do it every time I get up on stage or when I'm when I come up with this new new song. You know, I'm afraid that that people are going to find me out. So it becomes rather debilitating for people. And I I think part of it is it's one of those things that you think you're the only one, but the reality is seventy to eighty percent of the population. Is struggling with the same thing, right? Yeah. So, so look and around you. It's like it's, it's happening to everybody. Let's talk about it. Let's do something about it. I mean, just it, being guilty. Here's the funny thing: uh, about a year ago, when I started researching this topic, uh, that's when imposter syndrome kicked back in for me. I, I thought I'd, I dealt with it. I thought I was over it from a decade ago of just putting myself out there and, you know, feeling like, yeah, I, I think you know, I'm, I'm being authentic and I'm not affected by imposter syndrome anymore. But when I started looking up on Amazon at all the published authors who were specialists on imposter syndrome and they had doctor in front of their name and PhD at the end of the end of their name, I started thinking, well, I'm not as good as them. Who am I? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a school teacher. You know, I'm not a, a psychologist. Who am I to be allowed to make comment on it? And so instead of letting that beat me up and keep me down, I thought, actually, no, that's going to be a really fresh way to present the information to other people. It's like, I'm not trained psychologist. I'm I'm a school teacher, let's say. And uh, I thought I'm going to explain what it's like to go through it even after you think you've been through it and finished with it, like it can come back. And I'll tell you another funny thing was, I got in contact with a few of these authors, you know, people who are specialists, academics who study it, uh, because I, I thought, you know, I want to get their, their, their information and stuff and get to know them. Some of them still felt like an imposter, even though they had the accolades. Mm-hmm. And this goes across the board with um, it doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter your age, your sex, your gender, um, it can be anything, really, but lots of people will have this this uh, feeling specifically around accomplishments, intellect, and the role that they play. And when I say role, it could be in a relationship such as you don't feel like you're good enough for your partner mm-hmm. or you are not meeting their expectations. And so you kind of feel that you are faking who you are to, you know, to come across as being good enough for that person. Maybe you feel like you are not a good mother or you're not a good father 
or you're not a good spouse, like you're, you're, you're faking something not good enough for that person. It might be that you are in a leadership role in a company and you think, I don't deserve this position. And, I, and people are going to find me out that I'm not actually uh, able to do the job and that there's so much overthinking and mental looping going on. And you're right, you know, a lot of people are not aware that other people are thinking the same thing. And there was the, the first research paper by uh, Clance and Langford back in the 70s, and they found that the best way to overcome it, to beat imposter syndrome, was to share your imposter syndrome story with somebody else who was going through it. I mean, mm. we, know the, we know the power of stories, right? Yeah. But one of the best ways to take the pinch out is to go find someone that you trust or perhaps someone you know who shares the same experience, although that can be hard to find, get into a group somehow, and just say, what's it like for you? And then getting a second opinion about yourself and your story is, is very powerful to take away the power of imposter syndrome so it doesn't affect you as much. Because then you're going to go, well, I'm not alone. That's usually a great thing. Um, and other people go through it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, some, there's something that's freeing too. I mean, again, kind of psychologically and brain-based too about like what you said, here's, here's something that's really simple, right? Okay, so first off, everybody who's listening, you know, we've already told you, if you feel this way, you're not alone. So that first thing, right, you know, cross that off. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Lots of people are dealing with this. Sam and I both still deal with this at, at a certain level, right? It's something that you're going to work on. It's okay, right? So, but the whole idea of actually talking to somebody about it because so much of the time we just get caught in our brain, right? And we just keep mulling and mulling and mulling and mulling. And especially when it's something like this imposter syndrome, it, it, it takes us to a negative emotion. We spiral down into despair, into, you know, um, embarrassment, and, and sometimes all the way down into depression, right? And, and just the fact that you can name it, you can say it, takes away a lot of the power. Yeah. The minute you get it out of your head by actually saying it verbally, you'll you'll literally usually feel a physical change in your body just by doing that. So that's amazing that that's that's one of the biggest suggestions they have for how to start to overcome it. Yeah, and I think another thing is to become aware of the cycle of imposter syndrome, like how it starts and how it gets worse, right? And if you can at least know the problem, you're halfway to finding the solution. Uh, for me, the the cycle starts with, you know, there's a task that you that might be new or a new environment, new job, or you're going on stage to speak in front of people, whatever it is, some new thing, or it could be some task that you do every single day and have been doing for years and still feel that you're out of your depth. Much like uh, I've talked to a... a you know, an experienced therapist who said she still feels like um, people are going to find out that she doesn't know her stuff when she's, you know, in in therapy with them, even though she'd been doing it for 30 years. And so if you look at the cycle, you go, all right, there's some activity up here that sets it off and then kicks in the, the self-doubt, the overthinking, and then you, the second guessing. 
the second guessing ourselves kicks in, which can lead to needing approval and validation from others in order to feel self-worth and self-esteem. Now, that's a bottomless pit because if you need everybody's approval all of the time, uh, you're going to exhaust yourself. You're never going to get out of imposter syndrome. You're just going to spiral down into the next stage of you know anxiety, depression, giving up, withdrawing into yourself and not asking for help. And by that time, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard to get out of that. But I found when I'm, I was researching it for myself going, how do you break that cycle? Well, usually, you know, nip it in the bud is the best place, right? But I've actually designed or thought, of, I think I've come up with original ideas of what you can do along the way at any point in that cycle to, to break out of imposter syndrome. And the first one I would have to say, in addition to what we're saying before about, you know, sharing your story with other people is to create your, a new story. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea that we tell ourselves a story and we believe it about who we are, about our life, what has happened, what is going to happen and what is happening right now. And we believe that story even when others are telling us a different story about it, saying, no, that's that's not true. You're, you're making things up about yourself. So because I, I love creativity and I have a background as a drama teacher, so I love performance and I love theater and this idea of being an actor and the joy that can come from being a character on stage they are pretending you know they're we we pay to go see a good show because we want a, a person to be the actor so i thought well if we believe our own story that we're an imposter that's an incredible power that we could flip and go well what if i just run with it and say well, if I believe that story and it's not real, what if I created a better story that also wasn't real but was positive? So I like to think of it as like we all tell a, we all tell ourselves a bullshit story and we believe it. So why not tell yourself a better bullshit story? You know what I'm <laughs> one, that, one that has a positive impact. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, if you're gonna believe that bullshit, you might as well make up better bullshit. And and then people go, Well, that's not real. I go, but neither is the first one. Well, see that—that's what people I think don't don't understand with this, right? Is is because they're stuck into that, they believe their belief, right? Because they've been telling themselves that over and over and over again, and it's really kind of gotten ingrained into their identity mm -hmm. as a person, right? I mean, that that therapist that you were talking about, she'd been doing it for thirty years, but and many people like that. Yeah, but but for some reason she keeps telling herself, you know, that which, you know, again, the different story. I love that idea, right? It's one of the things that I usually yeah. try to help people with because it's you might as well tell yourself a story that's going to serve you better because neither one of them is true, mm -hmm. right? Uh, uh, anyway, and and but yeah, at least it it starts to kind of help you get going in the right in the right direction, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like, so, you know, again, there's kind of this cycle, right, of of where there's something that triggers you that then you start getting into this thought process. And, and along that whole thing, you've got some different ways for people to kind of get themselves out of that, right? Because, yeah. because I think, like you said, you know, the you, usually in any habit 
kind of thing. And this would, if you've been doing this to yourself for a while, you've created a habit. Yeah. You've got to have some sort of pattern interrupt in that process. Right. And this is kind of, I think what you're talking about and what some of these tools are that you use to help people with. Yeah. And I draw a lot of, um, my wisdom from Joseph Campbell and, you know, the hero's journey and you know about that. And mm -hmm. I applied that to my life in 2015. I, I was living in Perth, Australia. I was, um, I wasn't teaching at the time. I actually, I was taking a kind of sabbatical and I became a wedding DJ. <laughs> you got to have some good stories from that. Yeah. Oh, wedding DJ, nightclub, uh, music festival. I was a trance DJ. And I was also going into schools and doing my own version of um, motivational workshops. And I was teaching children and teenagers the art of beatboxing, which is creating realistic sound effects with your voice and drum beats. So I can, you know, I'll give you like the three second demo of like, you know, oh, just yeah. a, a, an 80s hip hop beat would be like, and if we slow that down, you have this. And then you can be, you know, intricate or you can add bass lines like, well, very entertaining for the kids, right? And it's so, for adults too. And so, yeah, exactly. listen to this as audio later. He's doing that with just yeah. his mouth, folks. It's not. So, I, I, um, I was reading Joseph Campbell and I knew about the hero's journey that, you know, the hero is living in an ordinary world, business as usual. They're probably bored, they're not aware of the wider world. They could be going through things like, you know, low self-worth, whatever, and not think much of themselves, but they have this calling. There's this whispering in, in the wind, so to speak, nice metaphorical language, that they're destined for something else, that there's something else out there, but they can't, they can't quite snap out of it. And that's imposter syndrome, right? And so I applied this idea of, well, you need to go on a journey. You need to break the habit. You need to physically, mentally, and spiritually change location. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go and live overseas a second time. I used to, actually, after university, I went and lived in Germany for a year, and that was great. I got the, 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 the bug for living overseas and learning another language. So I did learn German as, as hack as I can speak it. But when I came back to Australia, I was there for a while, and then I thought, I want to go overseas. And so I drove across Australia by myself to Melbourne, Australia, and I left everything in Perth where I was from. Like I had a pretty good, you know, thing going on with the DJing and beatboxing, but I wanted to expand and I wanted to, I knew that the hero's journey was a, a personal development approach to life. And I needed to cross those thresholds. I needed to snap out of the ordinary routine in order to, let us say, find the authentic self. And so I moved to Melbourne, and as a result, I met my sweetheart, and uh, she got offered a job in LA in the music biz, and I followed her across to the US of A, and um, I have literally crossed the threshold of my ordinary world, which was Australia, and put myself into a new terrain, the enchanted world called California. Yes. <laughs> and put myself into new situations to learn about myself, to break old habits, to see the world differently. And by meeting other people, by learning different values and customs, and especially what happened the last couple of years, there's a, a kind of shocking 
uh, or shocks to the mind that help you to break out of routine and those old belief patterns. So I got that from Joseph Campbell's hero's journey is to step outside your, th your threshold, your comfort zone. You have to push past that even if you don't know what the future is going to be looking like. And a lot of people say, oh, that's very courageous of you. And I said, well, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. I know that that's what you have to do. I've read too many uh, books that said, you know, all people who uh, become themselves or find themselves, they have to break away from who they were, go find themselves and then return to ground it back into everyday life. And so my time in America is my hero's journey. And so I'm, I'm very, I've learned to be very appreciative of stumbling and uh, struggling and trying to make my way in a new land. And I really recommend that to other people if they can, you know, go to another land. It's a bit hard now with uh, COVID and everything, but you can definitely put yourself in new situations. You can go to a networking event. You can try and get into different social events, meeting different people. I find that the art of introducing yourself is one of the most spiritually uh, powerful ways to develop yourself, to learn how to introduce yourself to new people. It's, it breaks you out. It breaks habits. You go, oh, it's, but then you have to find the flow. Well, you can have fun with it too. Yeah. Right? I mean, because there's, there's different ways. I mean, again, you can, you can make it a chore. You can make it hard. Oh, I hate to have scary. to do that. Make it scary, or you can make it fun, right? But, but you know, again, like you're like you're talking about. You know, anytime that we're doing something new, especially, um, there's that chance again that something's going to trigger us. Like, oh, you know, I just got the promotion, but you know, you know, these people that I'm that I'm leading, you know, I'm not any better than they are, right? And they're going to find out and you know, all this stuff that starts to go through our head, right? And, <laughs> excuse me, so it's it's a normal part of life if you are growing, evolving, and changing, right? If you're just sitting in your, your little comfort area and you're happy and you're just in your bubble and you're never going anyplace and maybe this isn't affecting you. But if you're trying to change, if you're trying to grow, it's probably going to affect you. It's part of the journey. That's right? why I like this phrase. You do not have to be a master before introducing the material. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to know everything there is to know about the role you are in, in order to give value to other people or to be fulfilled in yourself. And that the road of mastery and becoming the authentic self and finding self-worth involves making mistakes because that's where the surprises are. That's where the innovation is. That's where the, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that about myself. But you wouldn't have experienced that if you didn't put a little stress into your life. You know, yeah. put yourself into the deep end a little bit. So I think it's a really healthy um, approach to life to be okay with the mistakes and to learn to have a different perspective about the criticisms or perceived criticisms of other people. Because a lot crit of, criticisms are just stories too. Yeah. A yeah. lot of imposter syndrome is I'm worried about what other people will say and think about me. So I realized, yes, there's going to be some people that might criticize me. But then I realized 
that everybody is worried about what other people will say of them that they probably don't have time to be thinking about me as much as I'm thinking that they are thinking about me. So I just went, people aren't thinking about me as much as I think they are. Yep. And then I found that it was true. And I think doing having these different reframes and different insights allowed me to be playful, to enjoy it, to tap into um, serving people and giving value and being the eternal student Mm-hmm. and saying it's it's okay to feel like an imposter sometimes and, but also prepare that sometimes you are going to accidentally step into mastery and go oh that was that sounded pretty good well and you can't really step into that mastery unless you go through it right and and so so part of it too i mean is is you know we we're both public speakers too right and so we you you know too and and you can look at people who are like the really great speakers, not just somebody that motivates and is very polished on, on stage, but the people who actually are, are, are those who really connect and are there to serve their Tim, audience. Tim God, Tim God, comic relief. No, he does. You know, Tim God. I don't, I don't actually know. Him, no. he's, he's one of the, he's a CSB and CPAE bloody funny. Okay. I'll have to go look him up. Yeah. But yeah, but, it, but, 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 you know, the difference is cause you, cause you brought up kind of the point about the service and, and so, you know, I've gotten my butt kicked and from some of my coaches, you know, about this, because a lot of times when we're feeling like we're having that imposter syndrome, right. There's the tendency to say, Oh, I can't do this. Cause again, I'm afraid of what, what might happen. I'm afraid yeah. somebody might think less of me. They might judge me. They might whatever. Right. But at the end of the day, is it more important for you to serve the people you're there to serve or to maybe make a fool of yourself, right? What's what's more important, to serve the people imperfectly, but you're still serving them, or to just not do anything, right? Well, I and think that there, there should be fair exchange. Mm-hmm. You should serve others, but you should be paid for it. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And so imposter syndrome and the, the search for the authentic self and, you know, for self-worth brings up, well, what is my values and how, how do I feel, how can I fulfill myself rather than relying on the approval and validation and recognition of others? So imposter syndrome is an invitation to find out who you really are and what you really value and then go do things to fulfill that regardless of what other people say and do about you. So, yeah, by all means, serve people. That's 50% of it. That's going to make you, it's going to take the attention off you. And it's a a noble thing to serve other people, to teach them things, bring value to their life. But then I found imposter syndrome is, yeah, it's, it's, it's saying, well, who are you really? What do you really want? So it's, it's got this beautiful harmonizing uh, effect to it if you if you really want to overcome imposter syndrome look at who are you and how can i serve well it's funny because as you said that it's um sometimes we want to get found out right and so again in some of my professional work with dealing with people that steal money and are fraudsters and criminals and some Thrill of that stuff yeah well but 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 how much of the time is it that 
they make mistakes because subconsciously they really want to get caught. But that's not self-sabotage though. Do you think? Well, it's, um, what are they thrill seeking? Well, thrill seeking maybe to begin with, but again, that a lot of times, cause, cause where I was kind of going is your, is your point about making sure that it's really what you want to. Right. So again, let's, let's say if you're in a job, you feel, you know, you're feeling some of these imposter syndrome things, but it's, it's not really a job that you're aligned with mm-hmm. or that you want to do, right? It's not meeting your value. It's not meeting your values. Then maybe some of the reason why you're feeling that way is because there is no alignment. Besides, so, a, besides a paycheck, right? Yeah. Besides the paycheck. And so maybe deep down you're hoping people find you out, <laughs> right? as well. And so you're right, that that alignment as well is important. But you know, you look at any artist, you know, whether they're musician, actor, you know, painter, whatever, right? Everybody that goes through the creative process is dealing with this, no matter who they are, right? But there's but there's different ways that they do it, right? There's some people that just show up, they create, they do what they're going to do. They don't give a damn what anybody else thinks or what anybody else does. So I look at that as like Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan has always been that way. The man won a Nobel Peace Prize or a Nobel Prize for literature. He didn't even go pick it up. Right. He's like, he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks about humble. Yeah. But he he's just doing Bob Dylan. He Mm -hmm. still puts out albums at 80 years old. Right. He just does what he does every day. And he doesn't worry about what anybody else thinks. Now, there's very few of us that are that way, Mm. right? Most of us are trying to create. We're trying to do things. We're still worried about what other people think. Mm. And that's where sometimes I think, like you said, this self-worth comes back in. If we don't really have, if we're needing that external validation, we're going to probably feel like an imposter more often than if we don't need, don't feel like we need that validation, right? It's a drug addiction to rely on others for your self-worth and to break that the the addiction you need a better addiction much like to replace a habit you need you need a new habit Mm -hmm. so if you're addicted to getting validation from others you need to flip that around and get validation from yourself and that that is a great entry point into knowing yourself and that's that's been a game that's been around for thousands of years ever since it was written on the temple of Apollo in, in the city of Delphi, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Know, knowing, knowing yourself is, uh, I would say when you know who you are, self-worth increases. So start the journey of finding out who you are, what you're really all about, what you value, and you'll find that imposter syndrome just isn't as appealing anymore. You find a new game. You're like, no, I really dig this idea of my own worth, not in an arrogant way, but you see the value in the in the, the personal fulfillment, which is totally fine because what that then leads to is I want to share this value. And then you balance it out by making it about other people. And that's the joy of of self-worth is that it spreads and i've got this concept of spreading a wave of self-worth with the school of self-worth it's like if i can give someone some tools to increase their self-worth 
they are now going to be an example to the people in their lives. And so I have this vision long after I'm gone that there will be, the school will just continue to, you know, spread self-worth waves, which I think is a, a much needed thing in our world. Well, it is. And, you know, how do you, the old thing, how do you change the world? You change it one person at a time. And it's that ripple that ends up going out. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could go on for hours. Yeah, but yeah. I know we, got, we both got to get running. But but thanks, Sam, for, for coming on here. I mean, it, this is, it's an important topic that people need to hear. I mean, you've got some great ways for them to help kind of get out of that cycle, think about it different. You've shared some of them here, but you've also got the whole, you've got the school of self-worth. I got a a new course coming out in August called how to beat imposter syndrome and be confident. And um, yeah, so that's coming out probably early August. Okay. And you've got your own podcast as well. Yeah. I go live. Um, I go live every day on most platforms and just talk about you know common questions around around these topics, and I just give it a you know a, my own spin on it and keep it genuine, short, sweet, and genuine. Well, there you go. So there's another learning opportunity for everybody who's interested in this because, like I said, seventy to eighty percent of us are dealing with this, and honestly, kind of in my opinion, a lot of the people who aren't struggling with it are the narcissists anyway so that's just like a whole different thing they don't <laughs> whole different thing yeah but um but yeah lots of great stuff you can always find out more you're all over social media but also samosborne.com yeah uh, more at, information at the, there's at the self-worth guy is my handle at the self-worth, the self-worth. okay yeah. and we'll put that we'll put that in there as well and we're at that beautiful yeah. thank you all right well thanks for coming on and uh yeah we're kind of kindred spirits this way. So I'm guessing we'll probably have you back for something else too. So bloody awesome. Thanks, man. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn And let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast, and you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, Head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.